Good afternoon and welcome to the Imagine Golf Podcast. I'm Daniel Guest. The podcast is brought to you by Imagine Golf, helping you get the game you've always imagined. You can go to our website at imaginegolf.com and check out all of our tools, including our free ebooks, practice plans, lesson plans, and endorsed training aids. And you can sign up for our free golf tips that go out every week, once a week, every week by simply dropping us your email. So look, I want to spend a little bit of time today. Um, I promise not to go over 15 minutes, which is always my goal. I got a little bit long-winded on the importance of putting in the previous one. But we're going to talk about your short game today. And I'm going to give you a, a tried and true, proven way that you can really start to dial in your short game in just one hour at the range or at your local club or one practice session, however you want to define it. But um, but before we do that, let's talk about really the, the, uh, the overall importance of the short game. As you know, we're big fans at Imagine Golf of Hank Haney's, you know, three keys to shortening your or, or lowering your scores and having more fun at golf. And that's simply eliminate penalty strokes, eliminate two chips. We're going to talk about that today and eliminate three putts. So the two chips is simple, a simple rule that says, look, you cannot take two chips um, when you're golfing. Right. So you got a you got a 50 yard chip to the green and you chunk it 30 yards and you got to take another one. That's two chips. You got a bunker greenside bunker shot. Uh, you you knock it out of there, it hits the lip, comes back down, and you're taking your second shot, right? Those are two chips. Those are very costly strokes when it comes to golf, and especially in the amateur uh, realm, if you would. Keep in mind, the average golfer in America is around between a 16 and 19 handicap, so a guy or girl that shoots in the right, right around 90 or in the 90s. Um, and just a few of those two chips per hole, or uh, on a side, I mean, or a few per side is going to make all the difference in the world. So um, when you consider, we talked about putting being 40% of your game, shots that are 100 yards in are 70% of the game today. doesn't matter what level you're at. It's 70% of the game. So if putting is 40, that leaves the short game at 30% of your game. All right. That means that if you're not good at your short game or your chip shots or your pitch shots, you're not good at 30%. One in three shots is not going to be good. And you're not confident over that. And the likelihood that you do well is very, very, very low. So with that in mind, you know, you would think that a lot of people practice it. And as I said before in other podcasts, it's just not the case. You can check out any, any driving range in America and you'll very rarely see anyone hitting a 15-yard chip, right? A 20-yard chip, a 10-yard chip. Um, why? Because there's nothing sexy about it, right? Hitting a 10-yard chip, even though it's a, a relatively you know, crazy important shot, when you need a 10-yard chip, you need a 10-yard chip. It can't be 15 yards. It can't be 8 yards. It's got to be 10. But it's way sexier to hit a drive 230 yards, even though it's 50 yards to the right or 60 yards to the left. There's a, something about the way we're wired, especially men, that definitely a much funner, opera, funner <laughs> a much better opportunity to hit that drive, if you would, in your mind's eye, than it would be to hit – you know, you only got 84 balls in your bucket. You're going to mash, you know, 70 of them. Um, you don't want to hit 70 chips that are within 10 feet of each other. So, but as much as you say that out loud, it's completely backwards. And we got to go to work on the on chipping, right? So we have a really easy way that we teach chipping at Imagine Golf. Um, we don't subscribe to any touch or feel kind of mentality, meaning we're, we're not trying to make the golfer into Phil Mickelson. Um, we don't do anything different. Like we don't have a completely different um, uh, setup or alignment or weight distribution. I mean, I, uh, if I had a dollar for every time I saw a student 
that is has their feet together, ball placed back in their stands, hands fit forward, weight leaning on the front, weight lean. I mean, it, it's just mindless, right? And you know, they they either learned it in a book or they saw it on an internet or a friend of a relative or their uncle Joe who's good at golf told them to do this technique or whatever. But yet they're still in the 90s or they're still in the shooting 110. So obviously those techniques do not work for the average golfer. Um, and certainly things that they see on TV from the PGA pros is not likely to work as a baseline anyway, if you're shooting in above 90, right? And if you're a double digit handicapper, um, that's you, I'm speaking to you. So if you're going to try to pitch like Royal Ma Rory McIlroy, um, I got news for you. It's not likely to work anytime soon. So why don't we talk about a tried and true method that absolutely is guaranteed to work and is real easy. And we call it, we simply call it half and quarter pitch, right? That's it. All we do with our students is everything is the same with our pitching. We put the ball in the center of our stance and we go through every club that's in their short game. And we introduce a nine iron in the short game as well. Most people don't think of making a pitch shot with their nine iron. We do at Imagine Golf. And as you know, at Imagine, everything we do is in sevens. There's something about the number seven that our brain picks up on. So we use it in our training. So we have golfers, as an example, I'll say to them, hey, take out your lowest, lo your highest lofted or your lowest club. So your highest lofted wedge in most, most bags is a 60-degree wedge. So I say to the student, hey, take out that 60-degree wedge, put the ball in the middle of your stance, and show me a full swing. And sure enough, they hit it you know, relatively easy. Ball goes up high, lands soft, and we hit seven of those. And we get a baseline. Okay, so your 60-yard wedge at full swing goes about, let's call it 70 yards, right? Then I say to him, look, let's take that same exact shot. Let's not change anything with the exception of you're going to take a half backswing. What's a half? Well, we define a half at Imagine by your hands don't go above your waistline. And we don't hinge the club, meaning we don't let our hands hinge behind us. So the club relatively stays right around the waistline as well. So if you normally turn, as an example, four inches, your backswing, you turn your body four inches in a full swing, you're going to turn your body two inches in a half swing, and you're going to follow through as normal. Ironically enough, that ball is going to go half the distance that it normally would go. You can't change it. You can't make it up. You can't, you can't mess it up for that matter. So I get these golfers and these students to get a feel for what it feels like to consistently bring their club back to about half or where their waist is, right? And before you know it, the ball is going consistently in this case here with this wedge, it'd be going 35 yards, right? So we hit seven of those. And then we say to them, look, now you're going to take a quarter swing. So by definition of a quarter swing, again, if you normally turn four inches, now you're going to turn one inch. You're going to follow through as normal. But the club head this time is not going to come above your knees. That quarter swing is going to produce a quarter of the distance, or in this case here, about 17 yards. So again, we get them to do that seven times. And before you know it, the distances are crazy consistent. And what's even better than the distances are the misses, right? If you miss a quarter swing, right, you're going to miss it by a yard, maybe two. You're not going to scull it across the green and into the other green side bunker. You're not going to decelerate on it and have the ball go four yards um, when you need it to go 17. So it's a really high reward, low risk way to dial in different distances with different clubs. So that's it, 21 swings with that club. And then I say to them, look, get your next wedge. The next wedge typically is a 56 degree, seven, exactly the same thing. Seven full swings, seven half swings, seven quarter swings, 21 swings, put that club away. Hey, grab your next one, some type of gap wedge or something along those. 
lines or a pitching wedge. Same exact thing, seven, seven, seven. And then I say, hey, take your nine iron out, seven, seven, seven. And before you know it, we've taken a hundred plus swings, right? In this, in this format, seven full swings, seven regular swings, seven half swings. We've been here for 45 minutes to an hour doing nothing but working on their short game. And by the way, I don't really care the success or failure of any one club. All I care about is the students getting a feel for what that half feels like and that quarter swing feels like. And there's the consistency that I need because the different loss and the different lengths of the club are going to produce a different shot. So depending on the shot they need, they have a 30-yard swing, a 30-yard uh, chip shot. Well, that might be a half swing with their 60 degree, or it might be a quarter swing, if you would, with their nine iron. Doesn't matter. Look, there's no style points in amateur golf and professional golf for that matter, too, but there's no style points. It doesn't matter how the ball gets the point A to point B. What matters is, is that you can do it consistently over and over and over again. And this technique, I can guarantee you, will make that consistency come in in much, much less time than anything else I've ever seen. I've been to the Dave Peltz clinic. I've been to different short game clinics. I, I, I've, seen, I've seen it all, all right? And there's a lot of merit to a lot of them. However, I can't stress enough. If you're a double-digit handicapper, that means you're a 10 or more. More times than not, those techniques are not going to win you strokes. It's just not. You're going to be inconsistent at it. You're going to go to your 60 degree all the time. You're going to go to your sand wedge every time you're in the sand. You're going to go to your pitching wedge every time you have a pitch. And that's just not the way to be successful at the game, especially, again, for these for you uh, amateur golfers. So, you know, if, if we can eliminate some of these poor chips and some of these inconsistent shots, then 30% of your game is automatically better. So if you listen to the previous podcast, right, and you realize that 40% of your game is putting, and now and you're a little bit better at that, and now 30% of your game is a short game, and you're a little bit better than that, doesn't it just make sense that you're a better golfer, right? And by the way, once you get this technique down, the 777 technique, and, the, and not the 777, but you get the half down and the quarter swing, then you can dial it in even, you can refine it even more. You can do a, a three o'clock swing, a nine o'clock swing. You, you can do 60% of your swing. You can do 75% of your swing. But there's zero chance you can do that if you don't have a baseline. So try this technique, right? Go to your local range, grab 100 balls, right? And absolutely go through this technique. Start with your lowest lofted wedge and go through seven full shots, seven half shots, seven quarter shots, all right? I guarantee you it'll be a, a fix like you've never seen before. And then throw it into your normal routine once a week, once every 10 days, whatever cadence you practice with, throw this short game in there. Like we say, practice your full swings, right? One third, practice your short game, one third of your time and practice your putting one third of your time. Um, it really isn't any, any harder than that. And the last thing I want to remind you of is keep track of your, your two chips, right? In fact, keep track of it all. If you want to, if you really want to get better to keep track of it all, forget Forget all the regular stuff that you worry about on the course, if you would, keeping my elbow tight to my body, making sure I follow through. I, I, I get all that. I really do. But if you're going to – we're talking about lowering your score here, then track on your, on your scorecard the penalty shots that you took, take the number of two chips, track those, and the number of three putts, and add those up. And if that number is 11 and you shot 90, that's 79. 
That's what we call your doable score, right? If you just fix that, you that score is in your future right away. It's doable. And then we're going to set a stretch goal for you that says, look, let's get to 75. And this is how we're going to get there. And then ultimately, let's get you to par because everybody in the world can shoot par with a little practice and a little bit of technique, if you would. All right. That's a little bit of an overstatement, but you get the idea, right? But if you'll track this, you'll be amazed how your scores start coming down, how you realize the importance. The more you realize the importance of it, the more likely you're to practice it. The more you practice it, the better you get. The better you get, the more fun it is. The more fun, the more you get the idea, right? It's a positive uh, 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 ball rolling uh, forward rather than a negative tailspin, which most people are in when it comes to their golf game and their practice. So, so that's it. That's the podcast today. Thanks for listening. Um, by all means, um, try, follow us wherever you uh, get your hit the follow button, wherever you get your podcast from. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple. We're on Google. Um, get, catch up with us on ImagineGolf.com. And feel free to email me directly at Daniel at ImagineGolf.com. Thank you. 